0: OTB Rugby. Queenie is going at a million miles an hour and bearing in mind I didn't pass the ball that often. He was expecting the pass, he got the pass and scores and in scoring dislocates his shoulder. Subscribe to the Rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
1: The Koi Gig pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury.
2: A player and a half, deserves a glass and a half of support.
0: Lily Ag scores one of the most important goals they have ever scored. What a moment for the Republic of Ireland.
3: Hello and welcome to the Koi Gig Podcast. I'm Kathleen McNamee and I'm coming live to you from Ireland's training session ahead of their game against Australia. You may be able to hear some cheering in the background, I'm not sure if you are, but the team are getting official photographs at the moment. So the whole squad and support staff are there doing lots of cheers of Koi Gig. That or they're just really supportive of the podcast and you don't want to will us on. But while I'm down here in Brisbane, I'm also joined by Emma Byrne and Karen Duggan, who are a little bit closer to home. It's been a while, guys. How are we all?
1: Good. All good. Roasting. Tired. (laughs) Roasting and tired. And you look freezing. (laughs)
3: yeah the weather in Brisbane has been very up and down like the last I've been here about a week now and sometimes it's fine it's like Irish summer where it's you know not too warm sunny and then today it was just lashing rain and cold and not very enjoyable at all but it stopped raining now we made it to the training session. Um, so that's all that is important for anyone who is listening in. Uh, I will do a little piece at the end once training has ended with Emma Carroll talking about the training session and everything that's happened. We will have a full update on Denisa Sullivan's availability and fitness following that clash from Friday night. But until then, I'm going to pick the brains of Emma and Karen about. This opening week of the World Cup, which is uh, seems to have come very fast and also very slow at the same time, I'm not really sure what I think of it. But what's the what's the vibe like for you guys back on the other side of the world?
2: Do you know, I thought there'd be kind of more hype. Like in my head, I was like, "This is going to be like you know, back in the day when you'd be looking forward to the Men's World Cup and there'd be flags Bunton and bunting and." pennies would be full of little jerseys, but it's not quite that. Um, And obviously a lot of the news stories surrounding the team haven't been about football. So it's been a bit of a strange build-up, but I'm hoping the next few days it'll be like full steam ahead, just getting completely excited about the Ireland-Australia game and obviously keeping an eye on all of the other games to see who we'll get when we qualify from our group.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Emma? Has the hype hit in yet?
1: Um. Not yet, no, and I'm in Barcelona at the minute. So, in general, uh, Catalonia doesn't really celebrate the national team as much mm. as maybe if you were in Madrid. And I think with all the stuff that's happened as well with the the Spanish national team, that it's on a little bit of a lull, to be quite honest. But I am going back to the UK tomorrow. Um, so I'm hoping to to get a good vibe from there, and obviously I want to be back in Ireland because they're doing showings and screenings and stuff like that. Like on my group chat with my friends, they're like, well, "Who's going? Who's getting a day off work and stuff like <laughs> this?" And yeah, so I think the buzz is kind of building up now.
3: Yeah, I found it strange here in Brisbane. Like a lot of people that you talk to don't even know that they're like hosting games here and things. And when you walk around the city, there are flags in certain places but it would be relatively unknown I imagine if you're just in the city and I know like say Ireland were the only team based here for most of the last week Australia came on Sunday and England just arrived in today so maybe as the teams and the fans started arriving in so will more of the hype but I was quite surprised at the lack of it in general. It's weird isn't
1: it that's a shame because normally You know, for the big tournaments, even just the Champions League, which is quite minor compared to the World Cup. If you go to a a city where they're hosting the Champions League final, it's everywhere. The minute you get off the plane, they've got like pictures up and they're all on the streets, pictures of the players and stuff like that. So I thought that would have been a little bit bigger over there. Strange.
3: I wonder, well, I'm off to Sydney tomorrow and I wonder if when that happens, will there be like a little bit more of a hype? I feel like I've seen more people down there and there seems to be a bit more going on and maybe it's
2: just the case of Brisbane being one of the smaller, less involved cities. Well, I feel like for the Australians, they're surely building up now. They had that 1-0 win against France in their last warm-up game in front of 50,000-odd. I'd say they're warming up nicely, a bit too nicely for our liking.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, that is a good place to start. So did you guys manage to catch much of the Australia-France game? There was a lot of other dramatic stuff happening that night, so <laughs> I was very casually enjoying it. And then the Columbia news broke, so everything went a bit crazy after that.
2: No, I didn't get to catch it. I think it was on Paramount or something like that. But I was just keeping an eye, um, seeing if there was goals or injuries. And unfortunately, there was on the France side and, of course, Australia won, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah I, yeah, I saw I saw a bit of it. Um, Australia look really good. <laughs> they just look really good. They're so fit. They're they're really quick. Uh, France don't look great though. So I'm trying to convince myself it was more of a poor France performance than an amazing Australia performance. Um, but yeah, they look very very good. And you know, they've players that seem to be them hitting the mark at the right time, like Mary Fowler. We spoke about Mary Fowler not getting any game time at the City, which was a good thing for Ireland. And um, it looks like she's been playing all season. She looks very, very sharp. So, yeah, another player to watch.
3: Yeah, I think, well, that was the whole thing all week where like a lot of the, the international media were asking the team how they're feeling about Sam Kerr and stuff. But there's so many other players on that team that are you know much more impressed well not much more impressive but like as impressive and as good or Elsa Mary Fowler who's like building up to being one of the great players if she can find somewhere to actually give her the time
1: well well, that's the thing and yes Sam Kerr is class she's a brilliant player she's one of the best but she's brilliant in the air that's what she is kind of known for so we don't mind that we're really good in the air it's one of our best things we with great defenders great goalkeeper so uh, that for me I'm not actually too bothered about Sam Kerr actually I'm bothered about the other players about the The right yeah
2: super
1: rapid like they're very good at picking up second balls as well and that's something we're not great at you know when when we do defend the initial ball
2: so yeah there's a good few things that we need to be worried about I'm not looking forward to it to be honest. I know I'm trying to like do a little bit of research in advance of it and I'm like clutching at score draws being like Australia have been Poor in all of their opening matches and especially against European teams like it's fine we have no record in the World Cup to compare it to so we have a clean slate we have no bad news And mute there Kathleen
3: sorry I was trying to stop all the wind and like general noise from the road behind me um, the last time me and you talked Karen it was during the after the France game and we kind of said that you know it took a little bit of the sheen off what we thought this team could do. In terms of seeing that Australia result, does that hammer it down? I know you didn't see a lot of it, but like Australia did have the number of France for most of it. You didn't really feel like France were going to do major damage.
2: Yeah. And it was kind of like when France wanted to step it up against us, we could and displayed a little bit of a gulf in class. But... I'd be hoping that we've had time to kind of nail down a few things. I think I'm still not sure what the best way to line up is. Um, I still would prefer to see Megan Connolly back in the middle um, and free up Denise, who's hopefully fit a little bit. Um, and especially having Megan there because a little bit of concern around Sinead Farley last in 90 minutes or Ruta last in 90 minutes. So they're, considerations when you're coming up against a rapid team who are going to make you track a lot and defend a lot. Um, and the concern there was when we went one nil down, how we get back up the pitch and how we go at a, a team um, who are you know going to dominate a bit of possession um, That that's still a concern I guess but we're trying to focus on positives here Kathleen <laughs> we can't see that anything has changed in the meantime obviously we didn't get any insights from the Columbia game that was not and um, all we can go off kind of is what you might be seeing in training or what girls are saying in, in interviews and stuff at the moment so very interesting time heading into that Australia game
3: Yeah. Oh, the training session, I was surprised. It was definitely a lot more intense, the one that I watched, than I expected it to be. And then in terms of what players are saying, I mean, I don't want to say it's like platitudes and stuff, but it's not really any sort of insight or depth into what they're feeling. It's just a lot of, you know, uh, it's obviously going to be really hard, but also we feel like we have the ability to cause a bit of an upset and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. I don't. They're think well they're getting trained. Too they're well
2: trained at this point. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> <So> they've <it laughs> to the be. I mean, they're, to not, they're not they're going to say. <laughs> they're not going to know we're actually cacking ourselves and we yeah. don't <laughs> see, and we don't we have know a if- clue where anyone's playing we don't know possibly doing. slightly
3: breaking an embargo but Rusha did actually say that today about when she was going to go out on the pitch on thursday about how she felt about the game
1: <laughs> of course Rusha say it russia is the one that's going to say yeah.
3: it. yeah Well, <laughs> what ireland can do if you
1: want to like if you wanted to g them up a little bit like the result against zambia was a great result. And I think yeah. if you actually look at the significance of that result now that they they went and they beat Germany and, you know, and they've had some really good results looking at their results in the past. Really difficult team to beat. So
3: I don't know. How, could, how much take... can you judge on that Zambia match? Because it was like a team that's on um, both halves, two teams that were never going to play together as a start in eleven.
1: Well, do you know what? I think just the fact that they held off, you know, the, the strikers, the, the two girls that were up front, I can't think of their names now, but they were, they're the quickest, probably the most powerful players you're going to play against. You play similar players uh, when you play Nigeria, like uh, Oshwala. Um, but to be honest, looking at it, I thought we did quite well in the end. Wasn't sure how, you know, how much of a re- result it was, but now looking back and looking at the results, I think it's a really good game to take, you know, positives from.
3: Yeah. And so in terms of that, are there any players in particular that you guys are excited to see in the coming tournament or that you think can make an impact that maybe we haven't seen to their full ability as of yet? I mean, like we know the obvious examples, but...
1: For the Irish team or just in general?
3: Well, for the Irish team or even like maybe names from certain... From the teams that we're playing that you think, you know, are worth us paying a bit more heed to than maybe people expect?
1: Um, well well, we spoke about um Gory for Australia. She's a very good player. I think I'm I'm interested to see how she does because she had a bit of a, a low couple of years and she seems to be coming back into her form. Um Salma Pariuello for Spain, I think she's quality. She's so young she's like 19 maybe just turned 20 and um, she's been class for Barca and I think she's going to start a lot of the games it's great to see Mariona back as well on in the national team because I think she's very very important for them um
2: yeah, and, you know, and I mean, the obvious ones like we haven't seen Hergerberg in a major tournament in a while, or then Pop obviously she missed out cruelly on the Euros, so you would be thinking that she'd be going in for that top goal scorer spot as well. Um interesting to see. England, if if Daly, well, I think she probably will play up top if she can um, mm-hmm. push them along because I think a lot of people are writing them off just based on the big names that they are missing. I probably would be as well, but it'd be good to see someone else step up there. Yeah,
3: yeah I didn't because- hear like exact positions, but there was a team that Serena has been playing that involves both Daly and Russo starting. So. That would be intriguing if that did happen because she said for quite a long time that she wouldn't start those two players at the same time.
1: I mean, just the fact that they don't know their team for me is a mm. little bit negative because, I mean, the whole thing about the Euros was because they were so consistent with the team yeah. and the fact that nobody really, well, I, I imagine Serena knows, but n- not many people know their team. I think it's um, I think it's a negative for them. And just watching them, I think... You know, they're not the same as they were in the Euros. They, I mean, they still are great players. Don't get me wrong; like really dangerous players. And you know, it could all just click and fit into place. But um, I don't think we're going to see England go that far in this tournament. To be honest, I think they'll be a bit of a shocker. How quickly we're
3: they're going, going to beat them after we come out of the group stages, obviously. So. I, wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't mind playing England. That would mean pretty successful group stage. Be good to see if one of our podcast favourites gets on well, Bunny Shaw. Be interesting mm-hmm. to see if she can make a mark.
1: Bunny needs service, doesn't she? Yeah. I, I don't think it's it's we're gonna be talking about Bunny after this uh World well, Cup Well we she...
2: talked about her a lot on the podcast, so we've never news <laughs> with her. But it is because who she's
1: been playing with. I mean she's a she's a great goal scorer, don't get me wrong, but
2: She's Only. not going to get them herself from and yeah. pick the ball up in her own half and no 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 she amazing. doesn't have she doesn't have hemp and Chloe Kelly Chloe out Kelly, there. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Turning yeah. it
3: back to Ireland then, so expectations. What do you think the team is that Vera is going to start this week, presuming that
2: Denise is fit and can play? Same team that she played against France. Yeah, Exactly. same. No, no swap switches.
1: I don't think so. I don't think we've seen enough of the other players. I don't think she's seen enough of the other players to be confident to put them in. Unless she
2: trusts Diane again, although Diane's been really out of favour. So that would be the only potential swap where you'd put her back in centre-back, put Megan midfield and then it would be between, I guess, Rusha and Shiva for that the box player, but she's she wants to play Shiva because of her energy and she wants to play Sinead Fairly. So <laughs> that's the only possible swap I can imagine at this point, um, but I don't think it'll happen.
3: And what are your thoughts if that is a starting team going into the game? I know, Karen, you say be positive and stuff, but realistic expectations. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Oh, i I've always like a concern about the pace, obviously. Um, And when we get too deep, like Emma said, the second ball is a bit of an issue for us, picking that up Um, at the edge of the box. So um, then we, we have this resolve that we've kind of relied on for a long time. You're Again, not convincing me, Karen, you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> you gave me anxiety, you started this. <laughs> I was like, we're so defensively solid. And now I'm like,
1: well, we're not. We're not. This is the problem. Do you know what? I was so positive when I watched uh, the the games for the US. I thought we were really good, really positive. But I think after watching the France game, particularly, there's a lot of players that are going to be playing in defensive positions that aren't defenders. And I think they were really shown up in that game. And
2: I'm thinking of Australia watching that game, which they will have done for sure. Yeah, I think they're going to target that left. They're breaking down the left because they'll know that Heather is more of an attacking player. And Um, the right. Yeah, well, Katie,
1: yeah. Just, I know, I think um, Meg, Megan Connolly's done a great job back there, but I, th- I agree with Karen, she's a midfielder. And I think there was a couple of times where you could just see that she wasn't that natural defender back there. And uh, no offence to her, she's a midfielder. But if I were a team going to play Ireland and watching that game, I'd be putting them in the channels and down that that right-hand side as well. The left. Yeah, hand especially right.
2: when you know that Katie will break out of that back five and be farther up the pitch and then you're you're saying okay let's get a 1v1 with that a midfielder down that side and so you're is. saying Kay should be playing left back. I'm saying she will be playing left back. I'm <laughs> not saying she should be I always say she shouldn't be but again then who are you looking at? Izzy Atkinson she's not a left wing back either yeah. um Anya she's right sided again probably not a wing back either so just park the bus. Just park, park the bus. The bus. Park. And and that's another thing. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. i i be no more than path. happy for us to park the bus and get a draw against Austria. I think that's the no best path. case scenario.
1: But if we're going to do that, it's really important that our midfield are able to keep the ball. And if, if it's, it's just painful to watch when we are in a defensive mode and then cannot keep possession when we win it back. That's... Uh, and I don't want my dad ringing me giving out. He's just he's just constantly giving out about how we can't keep possession. So just please, just keep possession. I can't be listening to him.
3: <laughs> don't do it so that we win. Just do it so forever doesn't get any calls from her dad. Uh, you guys mentioned Katie McCabe there and Life to Do against Ellie Carpenter. All things going well on Thursday. Who wins that battle of sheer will, determination, and? Uh, Tackling is probably the best way to put it.
1: <laughs> K.E. of
2: K-E. course.
1: Katie, of course. But the only thing is it's a shame because we're not going to see KEV Ellie Carpenter Ellie Carpenter in a defensive mode. We're going to see Ellie Carpenter K-E in a defensive mode attacking Katie basically. Um but Kate Kate will be fine. Kate will be fine. I think they're going to play centrally anyway and then play to get it try and put it behind Megan Connolly. But I think they'll play centrally first and then out wide. So I think they're gonna bypass mm-hmm. Katie
3: Just speaking of the team has just come out. I guess you guys are sneaky no one tell the football team I'm doing this, but they're all out there. Uh Denise seems to be warming up with the team as normal. So fingers crossed. That is a good sign. Uh, we'll probably get more information from Vera. I'd be terrified the of the session.
2: Australian game if we didn't have Denise. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I felt would be it. terrified.
3: I actually thought I was going to puke when I was reading
2: yeah. it on Twitter. I was like, what? They freaked out. The The, the Irish team freaked out. By all accounts, it sounded like it was escalating to a point where there was going to be a serious injury. And I, I understand why they pulled it Well, up. even when you
3: consider like crackers' comments after the match, like there's absolutely no need for that sort of crack in a friendly behind closed doors game. Like there's nothing riding on this whatsoever about No, it was bizarre by the Colombians.
1: Submitted. Yeah, bizarre behaviour by them. Oh, yeah. I would have loved in that game. I would I'd oh, love same.
2: Well, I, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, yes,
1: really, terrific, like... <laughs>
3: yeah i mean it was just such a strange experience because obviously we were supposed to be allowed into the game and then i hadn't even left at that stage because i was doing a few hits for like off the ball and i got a text from emma duffy from the 42 being like we've just been refused entry there's loads of Colombian fans standing outside chanting i mean by all accounts the atmosphere even though no one was actually in it was actually quite unreal because there were so many Colombian fans who turned up to this random park that's like half an hour outside Brisbane City Centre. Like, it's not easy to get to at all unless you drive or get a taxi. And uh, I was just chilling, watching the Australia game, you know, trying to get a little bit of insight into how they were playing, doing a few bits and bobs. And then all of a sudden, my phone just started blowing up. And like, you know, it gets to that stage where you're hearing so many different stories from different people about what happened. I mean, there was ones where it was ACL, it was like a knee injury, it was a broken leg. You just didn't know what was happening. And then we ended up camping outside the team hotel for like two hours, two and a half hours. Got a McDonald's on my way home, which was probably
2: the yeah. highlight of the night. What I will say, it's made me want to watch Colombia in the World Cup. Maybe it was mm-hmm. just a good marketing ploy. <laughs> Do
1: you know what? Did, did you see the tackle? Yeah. Um, I was expecting. I was like, expecting
2: off the ground.
1: Yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, exactly, um, and it didn't look that bad. But when I look at it, looked at it again, it's actually it does look it does look late. Bad. It's Very yeah. late. I'm, stood up, and Denise is so little as well, and <laughs> she just want to protect her. Um, but and but I tell you look- what, these injuries, it, it, when people hear oh bone bruising, oh it doesn't it's
2: it's horrible. Have they ever stubbed your shin off? just like a bench it's it shoots up your spine it's so sore so if you get a proper whack on it like oh, do you know boring. what i like we're talking about years ago right i'm not gonna say how long ago but
1: i got something similar and you literally could not put a piece of paper on my on my shin it's it's still so painful like so it's not it's not a superficial not injury like it's going to be difficult
2: Mm.
3: Mm. And the fear with an injury like that as well, is so obviously the swelling can take a while to go down to actually show if there's any real damage. So even though we got vague reassurances on Saturday morning, Australia time, there was still that slight doubt of, well, is something else going to show up in the next couple of days? But as I said, training away at the moment seems to be pretty normal. So hopefully that <laughs> continues into the future. Um, so what I'm getting from you guys in this general discussion is that... We're freaking out. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do I put this politely? <laughs> you're at the stage where the nerves are hitting, you would happily take a draw. Anything else?
2: Mega bonus. Mega bonus. Mega yeah. bonus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I actually think Australia are gonna do really well in this tournament, it's not just against us. I think they're gonna go far and I think they're probably contenders to win it, to be quite
3: honest. Especially being I think they're athlete. definitely peaked at the right time.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. So it's it's not just against us. We're saying Australia are very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but having said that, you know we, we can we can get a result. Absolutely, yeah. have to
2: be positive. I, I'm less nervous about the Canada game, even though they're kind of like the Olympic champions and stuff, just because of their style of play. I mean, Canada, Canada who
1: we're yeah. going to beat? Canada, we're going <laughs> to beat
3: Nigeria. That's it. Might as well just go and rebook my flight now. Off that recommendation ever. <laughs> Arsenal legend. I'm always right, right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mystic man. See that on Twitter later. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. Okay. So. Well. Yeah. See. This thing. I worry that like Canada is the sort of game that will sneak up on us or something that. Because there's so Middling
2: much hype game. around
3: the Australia game. Yeah, and there's like a fair bit of travel. Like it's four and a half hours to Perth and there's like a two hour time difference. And from speaking to a couple of the players, or actually more so now, during the week, they didn't really mention it as much. They were like, oh no, it's fine. But in hindsight, once they had that day off over the weekend, they were like, actually, you no, know, yeah, the jet lag really did hit us. Uh, I mean, I'm still waking at 3 a.m. every morning. I offered to do this podcast at 3 a.m. So I was like, I'll probably be up anyway. So I just all give myself something to do. So it's just like little things like that which kind of worry me about the Canada game because there will have been so much focus on that first game, Sydney, and then where we go from there. It,
1: every game uh, at a time, that's how it is. They're mm-hmm. focused on Australia. They shouldn't even be thinking about anything else. And then literally as soon as that whistle, final whistle goes, it's all about uh, the next game. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about Canada. I actually I actually really enjoyed playing in Canada because it was feisty. It was always a little bit scrappy against Canada. They don't like us. We don't like them. So, you know, I think that's a good game for us. I think it, it works well when there, it's a bit physical, not Columbia physical, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking um, the referees might be a bit more in control of the game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to the Canada game. Oh, yeah.
3: Really, that's that's quite the endorsement. I have to say, really looking forward to it. Mm. <laughs> Karen, you look less certain about that. No, no,
2: I am. I am. I'm just. I'm overanalyzing the Australia game now. It's starting to spiral. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, don't spiral just yet. You still have a few days of build up before we mm. go absolutely spiraling, and still plenty of football to play. I mean, that's and the thing. Like,
2: is there I mean, like an like opening ceremony over there, or how is it working, or? Or is it just so. game on, I let's go? I think it's just game on, let's go. You don't get like, to see Morgan really... Freeman come out and do a little <laughs> narrative piece.
3: I think... I don't think there's one in Australia anyways. There might be one in New Zealand, because like, technically that that is that's the, the opening game, What's not us, so I imagine that will be the case. Oh yeah, Catherine, our producer, is telling me that it is in New Zealand here in our chat box. So yeah, there won't be one for us. I imagine there will be a bit of a light display and hmm. exciting things and a few performances or it's, something. It's actually like better that.
1: better if there isn't one, to be honest, because that's just adding to the anxiety, isn't it? Imagine being in the dressing room and hearing
2: Aaron- <laughs> Juilliard outside and being like, oh, I want to go watch.
3: I want to go have a little bit of a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the way they do sports here is a little bit strange on free terror TV. I was, I went to watch state Argent's game, which was like a rugby league and there was a break every time ta- after every time someone scored, it went straight to an ad break. And then if someone was taking like a penalty or a conversion, it went to an ad break, then came back for the penalty or conversion and then went to another ad break. And I tweeted about this and someone was saying that for like the soccer league or the football league down here, they used to actually like delay penalties and free kicks and stuff to like allow time for the ads to come in I don't think that's going to be the case in this it's obviously a very different tournament but just wouldn't happen on
2: ITV or RT Sure, wouldn't Emma (laughs) that's
3: not going to (laughs) happen
2: tune
1: in It's, it's similar to America. I remember when I went out to America for the first time, it was all that kind of thing, adverts. I mean, it's money, isn't it? Sponsorships mm. and, and they get a lot of money from it. But, uh, it is, it is very strange. It's very strange. I mean, how many mm. cups of tea would you be making every time it, we make a cup of tea every time it goes to an ad, an ad break?
3: <laughs> the kettle would be going nice. You'd be just running between the kettle and the bathroom in that case. I think you wouldn't actually see any of what's happening on the page. <laughs> um, so. Final realistic predictions. <laughs> I love the way neither of you uh, want to go first.
2: Uh, close loss, draw, win. Okay. Emma?
1: I'm going to say realistically, I'm going to say <laughs> loss, draw, draw. Okay, so not all that different. I know, I know you wanted you. to finish on a high, I'm sorry. <laughs> win, win, win. 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 Yeah.
3: I feel like I should just have a megaphone while I'm sitting up here in the team's training and just be like, Emma Byrne thinks this is how you're going to do in the tournament. Prove her wrong, prove her wrong. <laughs> um, well, of course, I will be back with the two of you throughout the tournament, reviewing, previewing, and talking about everything in between when it comes to the Irish team. That's not all for us for today as I will be back shortly once the training session is over with Emma Carroll just to kind of give a little bit of an update on any news lines or how the squad is feeling after that. But for now, Emma and Karen, thank you very much. Have a good day. Welcome back to the Koi Gig Podcast. Now, the last time I was chatting to everyone here, I had Emma Byrne and Karen Duggan with me, and I was at Meekham Park, which is where... The Irish team are based here in Brisbane for their training sessions. Uh, As you can see from my background, anyone who's watching us on YouTube, I am very much not outside anymore, which is a good thing because the weather in Brisbane today is not very nice. Instead, I am joined by the lovely Emma Carroll making her first World
0: Cup appearance. Emma, it's very nice to have you back. Thanks very much. You make that sound like I'm one of the girls on Thursday making their first World Cup appearance. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> and you're as essential to everything. I mean, our lovely listeners wouldn't know so much about this Irish squad if it wasn't for your daily team of the week during the WSL season and uh, yeah. general need to get some sort of Irish representation in there no matter what.
0: Yeah, but sure, you know, that's what we have to do, isn't it? Hashtag Koi gig. <laughs>
3: Hashtag quaking indeed. Um, so just to give a bit of a report back from the training session today, obviously the big question on everyone's lips was, what is the crack with Denise O'Sullivan? So she does have her protective boot off. Uh, she is no longer wearing it and she did participate in light training today. So we weren't allowed to stay for the full training session, but from what I saw, she seemed to be moving all right. You know, she wasn't hobbling didn't see her actually compete in any games or anything like that in terms of actually taking contact. Um, So Vera Powell said that they remain cautiously optimistic about her availability for Thursday. It's going to very much depend, I think, on how Denise herself is feeling. But um, from what Vera was saying tonight, it seems to be that she is – feeling a lot better than she was on Friday evening, which is very good to hear because things seemed a little bit desperate at <laughs> Friday. And I know Emma, I saw you retweeting about I think you even tweeted about it in like the middle of the night at one stage. And normally you're one of the best people at going to bed at a reasonable time. And I was like, God, it must be a bad situation if Emma Carl is up. <laughs>
0: See, I do go by, go to bed at a reasonable time, but I also, I'm also not the best sleeper. But um, obviously, Denise was having an effect on me as well, and I was worried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I woke up naturally, I think, at about half one, and then the news had just broke that um, there was no fracture. So that was a positive thing. But yeah, as you said, it was still a 40-hour wait that we were still sweating a bit over the weekend about how the injury would actually be. So good to hear there's no boot on. Good to hear she's back doing a little bit of light training. So it's positive.
3: Yeah, so just to kind of explain, I think I went through a little bit earlier in the podcast with the other Emma and Karen, but basically with a fracture like that, if, if there is a fracture, sometimes the swelling can be so bad that you don't actually know until a couple of days later. So the scan could show up clear on the Friday, but then by the Monday when the swelling has come down, a fracture will actually come to light. From what we have seen so far, everything is okay. She's all right to train. Now there is a bit of a question mark over whether Vera Powell risks her for that opening game, if she is still quite sore, or if there is a concern there that it might affect her for later games but Emma uh, I don't know about you I feel like if Denise is even if she's on one leg <laughs> she's playing that game this week no matter what
0: yeah I don't think I think any of those players that are waiting to start their first World Cup journey I think if they're fit they're playing especially if you're Denise O'Sullivan, Katie McKay, Courtney Brosnan so I think yeah as you said if there's one leg they're gonna kick the ball with it so um I hope and just still hoping that I suppose she probably has to do a full training session maybe tomorrow before they fly Wednesday and before we fully know. Um, And hopefully she kind of moves in with the rest of the squad quick enough. It's a question of do we risk her for the rest of the the tournament if she's not fully fit or she doesn't fully have a full training session under her belt? Mm. Yeah, I think she'll want to play. Like, I don't think she'll want to miss standing there. Um, in front of eighty two thousand fans, yeah, no, that this is the moment that they've been waiting for. And if she can play at all, and if the injury isn't as bad as we first hoped, then she plays. I think.
3: I just feel like you can't not play. her. <laughs> you know, I just think it's just so hard, and to, like it's hard as well because their training or their kind of run up into the World Cup is quite intense. So there's a training session tonight. They have another training session tomorrow. As you say, they fly on. Wednesday morning, and then they're straight into press conferences, match day minus one training session, which will be slightly open to the public, I think. And then it's into, you know, game day. So whatever their game day prep is, I was chatting to a couple of the different players about it today and everyone has different approaches to it. There's, you know, very specific things like the team having meals together, but then other players like to go off and read a little bit. Others like to, you know, go for a coffee with a couple of people. Um, Others like to study various aspects of the game. It's very, very independent but like it is quite a tight turnaround time. um, especially if you are nursing an injury like that and the flight isn't too bad. So from Brisbane to Sydney, it's about an hour and a half flight time, which isn't too bad from Perth to Brisbane. It's four and a half hours. And there's like a two hour time difference. Uh, whereas there's no time difference this time around, which is fortunate Um, as someone who still has yet to get rid of the jet lag, <laughs> a whole week and a bit in. Um, so yeah, there isn't. it's not like she kind of has the option to say if their first game was in Brisbane of not line up for a couple of days. But you know what I mean? Just having a bit more of an ease into it. It is quite intense. So hopefully she's able to manage that and hopefully all going well, she is all right. The other concern would be that Australia, I mean, she's already going to be a target for Australia because of who she is, but that they know about the injury that she has and I don't want to say set out to take that leg but I mean it is sport and I think most teams probably would be looking at something like that as a weakness
0: yeah you well yeah you're going to target somebody and hope that they're not feeling or they're a little bit nervous or whatever and like there's nerves of playing in your first World Cup game nerves of playing 82,000 and then nerves of maybe not want to aggravate an injury and then missing out on the following games you would hope that nobody would you know want to Un- intentionally hurt another player mm. but um Yeah, they'll definitely be applying that pressure, I'd say.
3: Emma, what are your plans for catching the game? You'll be in work at that stage. Have you got anyone who doesn't know the televisions in the -the off-the-ball office are uh, dodgy, to say the least. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're definitely going to have to commandeer one of the ones to make sure you can see it properly.
0: We have been told, and there's rumours floating around, that there is a TV due for delivery before Thursday. So here's hoping. Uh, that we get a nice new big screen TV that you can actually see footballs on um, and you're not trying to have to figure out where the actual the ball is on the pitch or who's that player. Um, yeah, no, 11 o'clock, the office will hopefully be buzzing with people around a new, spanking, fresh TV to watch the World Cup. Um, you know, it's just, I feel like everything should be more excited and there's been one thing after another that just caused me like such stress and nerves it's going It's like to they don't workout. want
3: to let us be excited about it like first it was everything after Hamden Park and then it was all the Vera stuff and then it was all the Columbia
0: stuff and I'm like
3: can we just have like a month without some sort of controversy please?
0: Even the squad announcement it was you know it was tears and sombre it wasn't joy and excitement so I just want to get to Thursday and hopefully you know See Katie McCabe, see Denise O'Sullivan, see Keira Caruso somehow scoring a goal. Um, I don't know. I just, I want a bit of excitement. You know, there's, there's not enough excitement going around yet. So I want to yeah. see, fla- I want to see flags and I want to see kids and I want to see everyone just screaming. And in, I know there's a few bars around town that are opening up early to show some games. So hopefully by Thursday, there'll be a bit of a buzz around the place.
3: Yeah, like I said this earlier on the podcast with Brisbane, so strange because it feels like no one actually knows what's happening. Whereas I see a lot of people flying into Sydney the last day or two, and it seems like there's definitely more of a buzz there. So I'm hoping I fly to Sydney tomorrow morning, Australia time, so um, kind of middle of the night-ish year time or kind of late in the evening. And uh, I'm hoping that when I land in, you get more of a sense of things. Uh, I don't know if as well as it maybe just because the Irish team are the only ones who have been based here the last week or so. Um, Australia came on Sunday and England came in today. So maybe when they arrive in and some of the fans come in ahead of England's first game of the weekend, things will kind of hit a bit more of a hype. But totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I was chatting to Rucha Littlejohn today, and I asked her what her wise words would be to everyone at home. And she said, "Tune in, support the team, get on board the bandwagon, even if you haven't already. We are very much taking passengers, and yeah, I think it could be a really exciting time. So don't yeah. leave it too late to totally get behind this team, because despite." the ongoing controversies that seem to follow them a little bit they are definitely worth a follow some really really good people in that group
0: yeah well I've one niece that realised the disappointment yesterday when she has bought her t-shirt all excited for the game and then she realised that she has cool camps on at the same time so (gasps) it's like what no can we cancel cool camps can we just watch the match like we'll record it (laughs) (laughs) you're off school but we still need you to keep busy I know. <laughs> you send you away for a few hours, tire you out. Uh, yeah, so that well, was the thing as well. Maybe, maybe the cool camps will like roll in some kind of screen or TV. You know, get all these. I was going to say it. like,
3: no harm because at the end of the day, like people are just going to get excited by seeing the team kicking a ball. I don't know if when you're that age, it really matters what shape of ball it is or what code you're playing. You just want to. You're going to want to just get out and play sport and you know, pretend that you are some of the top players in the country no matter what. So, yeah, hopefully I feel for your niece. Maybe you can just pretend that the game hasn't actually happened and then watch it back and pretend you don't know the score or something with her.
0: (laughs) She's too young for social media, so it might just work. (laughs)
3: Yeah, exactly. It'll be fine. Well Emma, thank you very much for joining me for this little wrap and I'm sure I will be chatting to you at some stage over the next couple of days. Do make sure that you subscribe to the Koi Gig pod wherever you get your podcasts because we will be providing you with lots of previews, reviews and interesting stuff in between over the course of the World Cup uh, with a rolling set of guests including the classic Emma Byrne and Cara Duggan duo. Uh, The Koigig Pod on OTB is an association with Cadbury, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. So, yeah, please keep your comments coming into us. You can get us on Twitter at the Koigig Pod, or you can also email us. The email is in our Twitter bio there um we are always looking for your queries comments thoughts so if you are doing anything cool for the first game let us know and we will show it out on our social media or if you have any particular thoughts now or after the game let us know and we shall chat to you after we hopefully get some sort of a result against australia
1: the Koigig pod on otb sports in association
0: with cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support